Hey, this is Kat Kahn from Knoxville, Tennessee. And Tanya Rice from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We are grateful you've joined us. And we cannot wait to share with you the musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learn, laugh, and enjoy. And we hope you will share with us any of your comments or questions. Without further ado, this is Two Pittas on a Pod. Again, like we said on the last one, if they could only hear the invitation convos. Not always appropriate for our gentle listeners. I know. You know what? I don't know how gentle they are. I think, I think, I think. <laughs> if they're attract, listening to us. I know. Like if we kind of attract like people. Mm, so, so I am really excited about what we're talking about today. Me too. Yeah. We're talking about confidence. And who doesn't need or want some of that? Exactly. And confidence is a belief in oneself, the conviction that one has the ability to meet life's challenges and to succeed, and the willingness to act accordingly. And being confident requires a realistic sense of one's capabilities and feeling secure in that knowledge. Yeah. And I love how Oxford Dictionary added in that the certainty of truth. Uh, right. Because and we're I, always talking about speaking our truth. Yeah, oh, yeah. Hello. Like this is all about lining up with your authentic self. And mm-hmm. when you line up with your authentic self, you don't have to work so hard at confidence mm-hmm. because it's just going to be there because yeah. you're, you're all lined up. Right. You know, and projecting confidence can help you gain credibility, not just in your workplace, but even in your family and with your friends. It's, it doesn't have to be a big thing. And it, when you're confident, you make, a real strong first impression and that can help you deal deal with pressures it can help you take on challenges because you are more confident and it's just an attractive trait and honestly aren't you more comfortable when you're around people that are confident oh 100% because i'm always wanting to save the ones that are not Yeah. Well, and the nice part about it is it now you can come at it from a place of you don't have to feel in defense of who you are, Mm -hmm. because you can just recognize that this is their truth. This is my truth. We can stand beside each other and be two very incredibly cool, confident creatures. It doesn't have to be about competition. It doesn't have to be about defending my position. Mm -hmm. It just simply is. Mm -hmm. And very Yeah. And when you get mm-hmm. to that confident place, you don't have to feel like you have to defend who you are mm-hmm. because it just is who you are. Mm-hmm. Well, and you're not as threatened by things when you're confident. You're not worrying about, oh my gosh, you know, especially as, you know, a yoga studio, uh, as studio owners. I, I know you and I both have, when we first met, we both were worried about, you know, who was coming around the corner in our business. And we so don't care anymore. We're confident in what we have to offer. And, you know, and we tend to attract like people, but you know, something you can't, if you don't feel like you're a confident person as you know, right now you can build confidence. It's not an innate fixed characteristic. It's, you know, an ability that can be acquired and improved over time. Um, social confidence can be developed just by practicing in social settings. And I know a lot of people have, you know, done the Myers-Briggs test like, well, I'm an introvert, but you know, you can observe conversations. You can very slowly put yourself in and kind of observe social settings before you jump straight in. And if you know you're going to a party and you know the kind of people there, kind of prepare questions and topics to discuss ahead of time, something that you feel confident in, you know, because a lot of times when we're in social settings, anxiety can take hold or even at business 
business, if we have to present to a bunch of colleagues, you know, anxiety can take over and we become plagued with self-doubt and we start second guessing ourselves and can get bad. Yeah. I love that you bring up the Myers-Briggs introvert versus extrovert because Mm -hmm. confidence isn't relative to whether you're an introvert or an extrovert because you can be a confident introvert or a confident extrovert. Mm -hmm. Like those are simply how your personality presents to people Mm -hmm. like on the out and Mm -hmm. how you receive other people that has zero to do with your confidence. So anyone can build their confidence, whether you're an introverted personality or an extroverted Mm -hmm. personality. So I love that you bring that up. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and you know, I think people are most confident with things that they know, you know, you and I, we can talk all day long about yoga and we're both very confident in that because we've got years of experience and practice. We've done the work to get to that place. I would imagine I've seen you in social settings. You're pretty darn confident in social settings. So am I, you know, because, you know, so it's something though, I wasn't always confident in social settings. I had to learn how to be confident and I had to learn my own value in, you know, in social settings too. It's funny that you say that because in my notes I was like we should each tell a story where we were shaken in our boots oh oh I got plenty of those you go first you go <laughs> I first. totally do I'll give you one just recently uh-huh. you know my dear friend Jennifer got married and mm-hmm. I was maid of honor matron of honor whatever mm-hmm. and I was to give a maid of honor speech mm-hmm. and I was shaken in my boots Now, if you would have had me get up and say, hey, let's everybody do some pre-dinner yoga, Uh I totally would have been able to get up and just yoga the shit out of that place. Yeah. But to get up and then tell all my emotions for my love of this gal and her new husband, Uh I was like, uh, yeah, nobody can say anything. Yeah. Well, you were out of your comfort zone. That's not what you normally do. You're not someone that just stands up and does that all the time. Yeah. So uh, there you go. Uh-huh. Well, when I, um, I was involved in, I've always been involved in volunteer organizations. And this one that I was involved in in Lubbock, Texas was such a great, great group. And I was on this committee and the committee chair said, you know, what can I do to help you? And it was always about, it was always empowerment and helping women grow. And I said, you know, I just want to feel more comfortable speaking in front of people. I should never have said that because she made it her mission. And there were about 250 people at every single one of these meetings. Every single meeting, she made me give up, get stand up and do a presentation of some sort. And I was, you know, everyone, I said, oh my gosh, you're such a natural. And the whole time, I mean, I could hear my voice cracking. And I was shaking, I was sweating. And every single time I would sit there and watch and I'd look on the agenda to see when it was like my turn. She made me do a thing on internet safety. I don't know anything about internet safety. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. But you know, so it takes a lot to make me uncomfortable now but standing up at a wedding like that with a bunch of people I don't know I would I would be uncomfortable too I'd be the same way I'd be like I'd be like she's so cool I love her y'all love her too that's all I say (laughs) that's pretty much what I was like I was like I just want to let you know that Jennifer's amazing and then I was just this big puddle of a mess um but so I do want to just reference that as long as we're talking about that that confidence can come up come out of two different places Places. Nah, really, I was... 
And we really should kind of touch on that. Like, so because confidence can come out of like an egotistical standpoint Uh and be like overconfident Mm -hmm. and really not a healthy way to present confidence. But then so also can it come out of, you know, a more genuine place. Mm, But there's also that sort of sense of is your confidence coming out of truth or is your confidence coming also out of fear? Mm -hmm. Like you think about like adrenaline when something scary comes along, our adrenaline just rises and we come to this place of like I'm going to protect right mama bear or whatever. And that confidence is not built, trained and going Mm -hmm. to stay with you. That confidence is going to disappear as soon as the fearful stimulus disappears. Mm -hmm. Right. So what we're really trying to work on is coming from a place of authenticity as opposed to that egotistical side or Mm -hmm. that place of fear. And and these two are really cool because they come right out of our glaciers. They literally are right out of the yoga, like initial training of asmita and ego and abhnavesha, which is our fear. Mm -hmm. And it applies to us in our life, but it also applies on the mat. It applies in our yoga. It applies when we fall into bed and when we wake up each day, it's with us. Mm -hmm. Well, I like that you brought up being overconfident and under underconfident because one thing is that with both of those is having a realistic appraisal of your ability. So when you have a realistic appraisal of your own abilities, it helps you strike a better balance between being too little or too confident. And if you're too confident, that can prevent people from taking risk and jumping out there and seizing opportunities in school and work, even in social life. But too much confidence can come off, like you said, as cockiness or arrogance or narcissism. Overestimating your ability can also lead to problems Mm -hmm. such as even failing to complete projects on time. You know, from a work standpoint, how many times have you worked with someone that said, oh, I've got this and nothing got done because Mm -hmm. they didn't know how to do it. So it's it's very important to have confidence, but if you look at someone that's overconfident and you go, oh, wow, I wish I was like that. No, it's not always good. It's nice to have that healthy balance and to find your trust, your truth, and to keep that balance. Yeah, that false facade can also mm-hmm. come out of that. Well, like out of that fear of somebody knowing that mm-hmm. you're not actually who you are, so you fake it yeah. and confidence faked confidence is Mm -hmm. very unattractive. I'd rather I and I say this a 1000 times, I would rather you come to me with the truth that you don't know and ask for help Mm -hmm. than fake it because faking it is awful. Yeah, I do have some steps on how people can help build confidence. Yeah, absolutely. And then let's take it to the yoga mat. Okay. Well, one thing you can do is allow yourself to be aware of experience and to move through a full range of your feelings, both pleasant and unpleasant. And most of us do well with pleasant feelings, but we can be distracted by our unpleasant feelings. So here, the key here is to choose awareness or knowing what you know, as opposed to avoidance and trying not to know what you know. So keeping that, the second Second thing you can try is speaking up or expressing yourself. And this again, we're coming back to truth by telling the truth about what you experience and saying what you need with whom you wish to speak with what what you need from work, what you need from social you know, settings, but speaking up and expressing yourself. The third step is to take action that'll move you towards your goals, even
even if they seem hard, you know, and that may mean speaking up, may mean taking action, and maybe means studying more, learning more, but whatever it is that can move you towards your goals, but taking that action. The fourth is a hard one for a lot of people is to end, especially people that lack confidence, is to end harsh self-criticism or negative self-talk. Uh, people that are overly confident usually don't have... <laughs> that problem. And then the fifth is, um, the fifth thing you can try is to genuinely accept compliments, you know, because how many times has someone given you a compliment? You're like, no, no, it was nothing, you know, accept compliments and compliments act as a mirror and a reflection of yourself. So as you let yourself take them in, they can help you settle into yourself, maybe even allowing you to see what you already are and helps you to see the person that you're becoming. I love that. It is hard though, like from experience, but yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. So just for fun, let's, okay. take it, <laughs> let's take it to the yoga mat. So, okay. and this is stuff I know that you have heard because I talk about it in our 300 hour or mm -hmm. our 500 hour teacher training a lot mm -hmm. is really trying to work through both that ego side on the mat, as well as that fear side on the mat, because it's mm -hmm. like literally the, the two sides of our postures. Like, right, we get into a pose and the perfect pose has neither ego nor fear. But whoever can get into a pose without either of those showing up, like, yeah, yeah. it's work. Do the work, the work works. I say it all the time. Mm -hmm. But so our overconfidence shows up on the mat in our students who are pushing their edge, like pushing their edge to the point of injury. Right. Or ignoring injury and pushing mm -hmm. it anyways. Mm -hmm. Right. That is where that ego has stepped in the way and it isn't allowing you to hear your own truth. Instead, mm -hmm. it's throwing up the veil and says, no, you do it anyway. Right. You work through this pain rah 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 like right yeah, it's that no pain no gain mentality yeah that's mm -hmm. that's it and that's the ego that's the us mm -hmm. the asmita that shows up on the mat but on the flip then there's the fear well uh, i'm only gonna do just a little bit because i don't wanna do it <laughs> What if mm -hmm. I hurt myself, right? And I'm not saying having an appropriate amount of fear is necessary, but having it keep you back from becoming who you are meant to be is not helpful, mm -hmm. right? So when fear is unchecked, and we also have students who look like they're afraid, like, mm -hmm. you know, you're like, try one step further. No, no, this is good. <laughs> okay, then maybe it is for now. That's your challenge to work past that kind of thing. <laughs> Right. Do you have any students that have certain poses they hate? And as soon as you get to that pose, they go to child's pose or down dog <laughs> and just stay there. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it's not that they hate because it doesn't feel good. They hate it because they don't trust themselves enough to even try. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm a proponent for this. Like I do this too. And I mm -hmm. get that there are times and places where there are poses that I haven't maybe done since my surgeries a lot. And I'm like, yeah. Ew. I don't I'm know not if I can do this. That. Yeah, like, right? So I get there's an appropriate amount of fear as you're moving through injury management. 
moment, but it's when you know that you should be able to get past. And I have told this to students. I've seen your plank and your chaturanga. I know your arms are strong enough. So don't tell me that your arms aren't strong enough because mm-hmm. you wouldn't be able to do that, 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 and that. Yeah. And now you're afraid? Like that doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. Yeah. That's fear because it's an experience, not fear mm-hmm. because you're not strong enough. Mm-hmm. I think one of my favorite, and I know I've told you about this before, but I have a I have a big group of um, martial artists and that come to the studio, these guys. And when they all first started coming in, there was no way they were not going to force themselves to do every single thing possible because that's what martial arts do. And I can say that because I am a martial I, I am a martial artist. I so love I can that. say that. You're a big old black belt. But, you know, it's kind of like it's just drilled into you. You try. And so I would say, you know what? You know, let's try using a block. This is going to help you. And they would push the block away and not use it and force themselves. And then one of them got hurt. And now I love, love, love it so much because this, I mean, he doesn't ever come to his mat without all those blocks and his bolsters and everything. But, you know, you have to get to that point. And, and so anyway, I have all these wonderful martial artists and they are all super smart, intelligent, wonderful guys. And they all use their props now because, you know, they have gotten to a point where they realize, you know what, I don't have anything to prove to anyone here on the mat. And that's right. one thing I love about the mat, uh, because when I tell my people, when you're on your mat, you're on your island and no one else can see you except me. And if you're doing something crazy, I can see your ass. But <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, you know, honor your body, be yourself. But, you know, it is always fun for people to try to move forward in their practice you know, you don't want to try something that you're not, if you have no desire to ever try, like I have no desire to ever do a one-armed handstand. Nope. Not going to do it ever, ever, ever. Nope. Don't even want to try it. And that's not a confidence thing. That's just being smart. I will kill myself. Yeah. (laughs) So, So we have, you know, you have to be, you know, mindful of what that means to you. If you want to learn how to do a back bend, but you're just afraid, then find a teacher that really knows what they're doing and let them get you there in baby steps. But if you're like, oh, heck no, I've got a fused back. I don't want to do that. Then just don't do it. Right. Yeah. There Mm -hmm. has to be, like we were saying, there is a reasonable amount of fear, but Mm -hmm. on the flip is there's also this time and this place to know true safe boundaries. But this also Mm -hmm. goes along with your authentic self. If you are really in your truth and you really know who you are, then that doesn't even become a question. It's not a factor. You're just like, my truth is, is I have a fused back and large backbends are not in my practice. That's Mm -hmm. just part of the who of you. And that is part of that piece of confidence. It's when it's coming out of an authentic place. It's not, oh, I need to try this because I need to be as good as her. Or I can't do this because I'm not good enough. Like that's Mm -hmm. the two opposite end of the spectrum, right? Yep, absolutely. Do you know, I have to say when I am put in situations where I know my stuff, where I know, like when I go teach a class on time management, I know my stuff. I'm so confident in that. If you call me up and say, hey, Kathleen, come teach a Reiki class, I'm the least confident person around. So, you know, I do think that we can have different levels of confidence. Well, like we obviously can in different areas, you know, where we feel 
the most confident. So you can start there with what you know, and you can slowly build more confidence in social settings as well, just by knowing what you know and being confident that, you know, because I'm the expert in my life, you're the expert in your life. No one knows your life better than you. And so you can even start there with just your own truths. Yep. Trust in your own experience, trust in your own knowledge, trust in who you are, Mm -hmm. just at the base of it. Just trust that if you come from your truth, you can't go wrong. Yep. Absolutely. You can't go wrong. Perfect. I'm Kat Kahn. And I'm Tanya Rice. And this is Two Pittas on a Pod signing off. Thank you for listening to Two Pittas on a Pod. We're grateful you joined us. Join us again for more musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learned, laughed, and enjoyed this podcast, and we hope you will share your comments or questions. Email us at twopittasonapod at gmail.com. And like us on Facebook and Instagram at twopittasonapod.